Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. I am merely Bo, Johnny on the other end. We had, look, we, guys, this is the whole season. You know, I mean, this was our whole, this was our whole buildup. It's uh, October 1st in the in the year of our Lord, 2018, and we're, uh, we're done. It's uh, going to be a coast from here to an undefeated season and to a Big Ten championship into the college football playoff. It's as simple as that. I kid, sort of. But this is this is the the weird part about playing September playing uh, Penn State Johnny at the end of September, and you have this and then the big non conference game out of the way, and 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 this one lived up to the hype and and Penn State typically does. It is my favorite venue in the Big Ten. Now I will admit, my friend, that I am biased because I've only been there for Ohio State games that are whiteouts at night. So I don't know what it's like at noon when they play Appalachian State. I don't know right. that. But I know what it's like at night and at eight o'clock with a whiteout against Ohio State. And I've been to pretty much all of the big venues in the SEC of note. Um, obviously, I've been to Ohio Stadium a lot and I've been to Michigan. And there's just Penn State at night in a whiteout is the best atmosphere in college football. Um, it just is. Some people might be pissed at that. It just is what it is. It's stunning. They're so organized and it lived up to it. And these this series now between Ohio State and Penn State, my friend, it just delivers. Just every single time they play, it's a thriller. We've won the last two by a point. I mean, it's just a crazy game with crazy theater, and this one delivered on a Saturday night. Yeah, man. It's Right now, for my money, it's the best rivalry in the Big Ten, and I, I'm not saying that to take away anything from Michigan-Ohio State, but just in terms of the gameplay, the way that these teams have played each other in the last several years is just completely bonkers and one of my favorite stats was that uh you know ohio state and penn state have just been separated obviously by a few points but it also feels like the momentum has shifted enormously from like one half to the next in some of these games like we've had these wild yeah. swings where one team has like you know they i think the stat was like some like 200 plus yards in one half versus in the other half and it's just this ridiculous amount of drama that's generated from these unbelievably wild swings in the game. And I love watching that uh, yeah. from a, I think that's from an outsider perspective, because if I'm stepping away and going, Oh, wow, this is great theater. I love it as a fan. I'm watching it and my heart's about to leap out of my chest. And that drives me yeah. insane because I thought I'd gotten past that uh, in the Jim Trestle years, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of fun to watch. It's really fun to see these teams just bash into each other. And I like the, honestly, I like the coaching rivalry that's kind of developing a little bit between yeah. Franklin and Urban Meyer. That's, that's another yep. aspect that I really think is cool. No, they're a worthy adversary. Yeah, they are. They're more worthy than Michigan at the moment. Um, right. Michigan doesn't have an identity. Penn state has an identity. You know what they are. You know what you're getting, what, you know, what they're recruiting to, um, you, you know what they're capable of. I think they're, I think their ceilings higher than Michigan because of their proximity to talent as a program. Um, mm -hmm. I, and I think that Franklin has something that he can recruit to Harbaugh has done a decent job in recruiting, but I don't know what he's recruiting to. I don't know what their identity is. Other than they play good defense. I, I don't know what they are. I mean, they're kind of hodgepodge. Like I know what Penn state is and they're good and they, they are. I, I liked what Franklin said afterwards too, where we're a great team, but we're not an elite team. I liked that. I had no problem with that. I know why he said it. Bobby Bowden told me once that it's almost as easy. He had every recruit in the world there, and he got a big one today I saw that Ohio State was in on. Bobby Bowden once told me that um, it was it's almost easier to recruit if you lose a big game because right. what you tell them on is you're the difference. Yep. If you come here, we win these games. Yeah. Don't you want to be the person that changes that? 
And that's what James Franklin was doing by saying, we're great, but we're not elite. We lost to an elite program by one point last year, one point this year. That's what he was doing. He was recruiting. And that's that's the reason that, to me, they're a worthy adversary, more so even than Michigan, because I think they're going to be there for a while. I think he's got a program now that's going to be around. And I think they're the Georgia to our Alabama in the, in the Big Ten. Well, and, and Franklin's not going anywhere either. I mean, this, no. that's his spot. Like, it's it's pretty yeah, clear that as long there. as... Yeah, as long as that dude continues to win and recruit like he's been recruiting, I mean, that guy's set for a long time in Penn State. And it's it's good that there is a... I mean, again, it's weird this is in September because it is so early for a matchup of this caliber, but it's good that you've yeah. got another team in the Big Ten that at least has some consistent top 10 potential right you don't have guys that yes. are like flashing the pans like michigan state or wisconsin that'll show up for maybe two or three weeks in the middle of a season that's like, right oh, these guys are good and then they'll blow a game if you got a penn state program that is a consistent top 10 team that makes the big 10 better and that if you're interested in this that helps ohio state's chances in the college football playoff so yes. i think that's great and it, it, it was a again great theater a fun game to watch i think penn state lost that game more than ohio state won it but there are definitely yeah. some individual performances on the part of Ohio State that I l- really enjoyed watching. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's we need more of this in college football. We need more of this in the Big Ten. And ideally, Michigan would be in this spot. But since they're not, I'm glad Penn State's stepping up and doing their bit. Is this the first time we've played them at the end of September? I don't know. I mean, it's it's been Isn't a really long the time. end of October? I, the I whole remember... time I was down there, it was end of October or first of November. Like, it was never... Yeah. September. I feel like I remember um, some, like maybe some late September during the Troy Smith years, but okay. I, I, I would have to look that up. I'm not positive. Yeah, that would make sense. Like- there was a game over there. Uh, AJ's seen AJ and Bobby's senior year. Did they lose over there? I think so. I think so. Yeah. That felt like a late September. Right. Or early I feel October. Like the one where he had that, you know, that spin move the, in 2006, like the Heisman yeah. thing, like, but I'm not sure when that was exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, it's unusual. I, it's weird. Yeah. Recently, it's been, you know, late October, early November is when we play them. But right. Um, so it is a little different. Uh, you mentioned Penn State. Let's let's do the Penn State and side of it first. And then we'll get into the things we really liked about the Ohio State side and some of the things we're concerned with. But um, Trace McSorley is an SOB. Yeah. I mean, that kid is nuts. He was the best player on the field. He deserved yeah. better than that play call on fourth and five. And I'll be honest with you. When we kicked it to them and we're up one, I thought that dude's going to go score. Mm-hmm. I thought he's going to yeah, go no, score. Yeah, no, I did too. I didn't, we hadn't stopped yeah, him all game. It, yeah, I know he did. Uh, KJ Hamler was gone, obviously, at that point, and that was a big difference that they didn't have him. Um, but I think if they call almost any play other than the one they call, they probably pick up that first down. I mean, that, I mean some of that's he, how great he was, and some of it was how bad we were at the things they were good at. And I said this on my radio show last week. Um, and I, I, I felt like, and it, this isn't like I'm reinventing the wheel with this statement. I think it was obvious to everybody, but his ability to run was always going to be a problem because yeah. the way that we play defense with straight man on the outside and everybody turning their back to the quarterback and our linebackers, frankly, right now are not, they're not good enough to make a running quarterback pay for running. They're not. And so right. they end up just being on the chase and he just sliced and diced them. I mean, 460-some yards of offense. It was a virtuoso performance for that kid. I can't believe it was well, a Big Ten player of the week. They gave it to yeah. Haskins. And I like Dwayne, <laughs> but that's crazy. Which is, I mean, yeah, and it's ridiculous. He was not just the best player on the team, but he's the reason why Penn State nearly won that game. I mean, the, if you yeah. look at the rest of the offense, like there was no 
I mean, again, Handler was good and, and did some really great things, but most of it was, you know, on the extremely long uh, touchdown pass there. I mean, it, but to me, I picked I picked Trace McSorley as my Heisman guy at the beginning of the year, and it's pretty clear he's not going to get it. But don't again, be th- don't be his, so sure. Well, you know, and it, and who knows? I mean, it depends on right. It depends on what the rest of the yeah. season looks like, and and where Penn State is at the end of the you know at the end of the Big Ten regular season, and what that looks like as well. But I, you know, the reason why I was so enamored with his skill set is because if he's having an off game passing and he didn't have a great game passing, he was, he was fine. Mm-hmm. He had a good game, yeah. uh, but he was 16 for 32 and he had a couple of touchdowns and that's great. Uh, but his, his ability to extend plays to make insane runs like he made uh, that means that you're going to be an elite player at some point, even if you don't have a couple of good games at, at some point you're going to blow up. And that's exactly what it did against Ohio state. I think the linebackers, I agree with you, they're just too slow to keep up with a guy with that kind of wheels. Yep. Um, and and that that's not really something I think they had been forced to deal with at this point in the season. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's a tough matchup. I think you've got a linebacking core that struggles with a lot of lateral stuff. And uh, Tracy Sorley is the guy who could exploit that to the hilt. And he did. And he had an incredible game. And, I will say that, you know, it, it is to Ohio State's defensive credit that they were able to only allow 26 points when it looked like in the first half, first oh quarter or so, that they were going to give up like 50. So them able to stop the bleeding in the, you know, the red zone especially to me was a huge part of the fact that Ohio State was able to stay in this game and, and eventually win it. When it, when they, what is it? The, was it six nothing at the end of the first quarter? Yeah, and it should have been like and 20. I, I, it should have been 21 nothing. Right. It was six exactly. nothing. I mean, it was really fortunate to get out of it. Um, all right, that's enough slobbering over the Penn State things that are positive. Let's let's talk about Chase Young. Let's talk about J.K. Dobbins. The Ben Victor catch is just crazy. That's just a crazy <laughs> catch from a kid who you didn't know he had that in him. Um, right. in a big big spot. And and let's start there with the Victor grab. Like this is a kid we've been talking about forever. Uh, waiting to blow up and have moments, and he'd give you a flash here, a flash there. Well, this was a big flash, and this was on a big stage, and I think it changed everything. I mean, because that that all of a sudden, because they scored so quickly because of the way that he did it, it just buoyed everybody. And and then at that point, you said, okay, here we go. I, I We got a shot at this thing. I didn't. He just kind of galloped. I thought it's like people were allergic to him. I mean, he didn't, I know. it's not like he it made reminded, people miss. No, it reminded me of the JT Barrett run against Minnesota. Like Minnesota. No yeah. possible way to outrun any of these guys, and he outruns everybody. Yeah. Right. And he's, you know, he's not a super fast dude, but he's just long and lanky. And the catch that he made, where he had to basically readjust in midair and go against his momentum to make that, was an unbelievably insane catch. And then to have Crazy. the wherewithal to essentially avoid two tacklers and yes. then run around the rest of the defense was just fantastic. That was, in my opinion, that's like definitely top three play of the entire year. That was unbelievable. Uh, and those are the games that you have to make plays like that to win these types of games. Like you, you had to have that. If that wasn't there, Ohio State doesn't win because I don't know that they necessarily get a touchdown on that drive. They may get stopped. They may have to settle for a field goal. And you've got to have a game-breaking play at some point where you're in a hostile environment against the team that you know has your number a little bit, especially offensively, because their Penn State's defensive line was lighting up Ohio State's offensive line. Yep. Uh, and you've got to make a play like that. And and Ben Victor did. And it's, you know, again, you're right. 
not a super expected spot. You might have expected a dude like maybe Austin Mack or somebody like that to to make that play, but yeah, he was great, and that was an incredible catch. It was stunning, and and it was what I thought from an adjustment standpoint, bigger picture offensively. Um, as you got into the fourth quarter, even the, the second half in general, clearly Ohio State huddled up in in at halftime and said, "Hey." We got to get pressure off Haskins. We got to get the ball out of his hands quick. We got to throw receiver screens, running back screens, and they went to the screen game, and it was really effective. They were they were backed way up, and they complete the screen to Dobbins, and he picks up a bunch of yards down the right side there, um, and that gives you breathing room. It gave you confidence. Dobbins had a big game. Clearly, Mike Weber's not was not a hundred percent, but but Dobbins gave you a big game in big spots when you had to have it, and he gave it to you. Uh, KJ Hill obviously with what ended up being the game winner. Haskins missed just on three passes in the fourth quarter after just uh, being a little less than 50% for about 130 yards through the first three quarters. He turned it all around in the in the fourth and, and only missed on three throws and was really clutch. Um, but this was – he got punched in the mouth in this one. Yeah. This was the first did. time we saw uh, Dwayne with against a – you know, where a, a team had, a, had time to prepare for him. It seemed like they're scouting a, a – you know, worked i mean you saw the back and forth between him and the penn state uh linebacker about you know if you hit him a lot you know he's not going to like it and Dwayne's tweeting back at him uh that seemed to work like they were in his face and they were hitting him and he was missing throws so um he was faced with his first real adversity and you have to tip your hat to him he did answer the call in the fourth quarter they didn't ask him to do a lot in terms of down the field throwing but all that screen stuff all requires a quick release, a quick read, and the ball in an accurate place for somebody to survive, to, to thrive, and he did it. Well, what I would say, so I, I do think Dwayne Haskins had a really good game, in, in part because he had such a good second half, but also in part because, you know, he had receivers dropping passes in the first qu- you know, couple quarters. He wasn't throwing the way he wants to throw. I mean, you could, some of his mechanics, there was something that was posted in our Slack channel where you see him just standing completely flat footed, you know, shoulders directly, you know, downfield. He has no throwing motion whatsoever. And he's just muscling the ball to a receiver. seven yards <laughs> down the field. Like that's what you have to do sometimes. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that he came back from that in the second half, didn't let any of that phase him and kept, you know, playing his game. He had a really unfortunate interception that was not his fault (laughs) again and i i I could go on a huge rant about this i don't know why we penalize uh quarterback statistically when you hit a guy in the hands as they're running down the field and the guy's brain just says butterfingers and then it just you know goes anywhere into the defender's hands but I i really appreciated and was proud of the fact that the dude overcame a shaky first half to nail the second half and do what he needed to do. He did not get, psych himself out. Uh, and he was in an incredibly difficult environment uh, on top of all this. So for a guy who, you know, this is the first time he's really faced that kind of adversity. Um, I, I think he came out pretty clean. And again, you know, they're asking him to throw screens. And I, I, I got to believe that's probably the most screens that Ohio State has run in the past 20 years uh, in a single game. Uh, but he did. He did everything that was asked of him in the second half, and he was, you know, damn near perfect and was able to get the last two touchdowns that were needed to win the game. Yeah, and I be, it was out of necessity because um, we clearly, you know, I, it's amazing to me we don't have a quarter a, a position call with a quarterback under center on fourth and one that everything's got to right. be with the shotgun. Yeah, I mean that's just crazy. Um, that, that 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 you don't have the capability to do that, and they don't know what to do 
This was the first time we played a worthy adversary, one that was was equal to us and frankly was outplaying us on a Saturday night in a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. And and this was the first time that you saw the coaching staff very clearly, in my view, did not know what to do on short yardage. And right. for years, it was, we'll just have Braxton run. We'll just have JT run. I mean, since Urban's been here, it's, well, Braxton run. Third and one, third and two, Braxton, go. JT, go. Fourth and one, JT, go. Well, they that's not Dwayne. No. It's not him. No, it's, it's not. not. It <laughs> so, like, it, this is, it's, I was thinking about it watching the game, like, he is. It's so weird how he is this anomaly in the anomaly in the recruiting, because if you look at everybody else through, right? They're all everybody else is these are these dual threat guys, and then Dwayne Haskins falls in your lap, and then after it is Martell, and it was going to be Emory Jones, and they're both that. Everybody that Urban had recruited was a true dual threat quarterback, and then here's this kid who's like a prototype NFL quarterback, and he doesn't fit like what they normally do, so they're they're kind of changing the offense for like one year i think because he's going to go pro so they right. change the offense for one year and then they go back to a running quarterback next year with tate it's the strangest damn thing i was thinking about it watching the game like this is so weird that they have this guy right now and it kind of reminded me of clemson with that trevor lawrence kid because they don't usually have a guy like that who's and he got hurt doing it right, right. he got hurt over the weekend doing that um <laughs> so it's kind of like i mean they're both had such a talent that of course you take them but when you watch Dwayne at Ohio State, I love the way the offense is playing, but you can tell it's not the way that Urban prefers to go about the business. Well, that's like what you need to do. Yeah, you need like a Javorski Lane guy back there who can get you the short yardage. <laughs> or at least, a, you know, Carlos, you need right. a dude who can be the bowling ball. And, and again, Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins are great running backs, but they're not necessarily the guy who can push five dudes back at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, again, if you don't have a running quarterback, somebody that forces the defense to take into account both runners in the backfield, you got to have a big bowling ball uh, to help you out with that. So, you know, if they find a guy, get a, you know, convert a tight end or find a fullback, I think that'll help in short yard situations. But uh, you've got, you're right. You've got to account for the talent that you have under center because he is not going to be running the read option and getting you, you know, no. five yards or something. It's not happening. No, and I, I mean, frankly, you just got to, you just got to know that. You got to know your personnel and, yeah. and account for those types of short yard situations because that did come up several times against Penn State and yes. it could come up later on in November. Yeah, and I think it's interesting watching, you know, because there's like three schools that are different than everybody else. Well, I think there's a total of five that are on a totally another level and then one that's on another level from them and that's Bama. And yeah. then it's it's us, it's Georgia, it's Oklahoma, Clemson, right? We're kind of the yeah. four be chasing Bama. And if you think about who Clemson has at quarterbacks, a pro-style kid who gets hurt, uh, this weekend, who knows how long he's going to be out. We've got a pro style guy, which we've never had. Uh, and then Bama's got this, this wonder kid playing quarterback who's slinging it all over the place. Like doesn't look like anything they've had before. So it's a really weird spot in college football where right now the, the three most talented teams in the country all have quarterbacks who like to stand in and throw it. I mean, it's, it's, we just haven't had that. And they're all kind of trying to adjust on the fly. Uh, the Penn state game is in the book, sadly, because coming up next, we will get into what's to come. And, and folks, it ain't great. Uh, still to come, we will also get into Ask Us Anything and three things for the game against the Hoosiers. Uh, before we do that, though, guys, I'm oftentimes asked my opinion on who's going to win a certain game. Uh, it is an educated guess. 
at best. But if you think that you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, your who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell folks to bet with my bookie. They are the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. Have great reviews online. Their mobile site is really super easy to use. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code eleven to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code eleven when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. It is simple as that. Also want to encourage you to visit 11 Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Drygoods.11warriors.com. All right, look, it's Indiana week, man. Uh, this is <laughs> They're four and one, right? So I guess I'm yeah. excited about that for, no, for some reason. I'm really not. Um, they're four and one. Uh, they did beat Virginia. They got that kind of under their, under their belt. I was looking though, what I'm, what I'm more interested, we'll get into Indiana, whatever there is of that in a second. But what's really interesting to me, because of the time of the Penn State game, which is something that we talked about, because of the timing of it and it being late September, we're in a spot now where it's going to be a minute before you have a game that you're going to be worried about. And I know what people are saying, listen, well, we weren't worried about Iowa last year either. No, you weren't. But I would say that because of what happened at Iowa, you're going to be, it's going to be easier to keep these guys' attention. I mean, you, let me just run through this for you. I mean, you tell me like what the average spread line will be. I think Indiana is 21 and a half, which, um, is, which seems I think that's to me. accurate. Um, all right. Then it's Minnesota, which is a noon kick at home. Then it's Purdue in West Lafayette. Then it's Nebraska <laughs> at home, Michigan State and East Lansing, who they can't run the football, uh, Maryland and College Park. And then it's the game. So that's it, man. That's the way we go. Um, we <laughs> are undone. So you, you, you're making a really good point. I will also note that when you said Purdue at Purdue, that like I had a shiver go down my spine. It's interesting like you say that. went into I'm the room. That. Like that freaks yep. me out, man. <laughs> no, it's interesting you say that because James and I said the same thing on the radio today. We, we were trying to pick the game other than Michigan um, that could be like the Iowa game. And we, I said, let's say like, we do like stepbrothers, one, two, three, say like Velociraptor, <laughs> like, like say it at the same time. And we both said Purdue at the same time. Oh. And the reason we came to that conclusion is because of a couple of things. Number one, veteran quarterback. Yep. Number two, superstar talent receiver, the freshman Rondale Moore kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jeff Brom's a great coach who knows how to scheme it up. So, People, is, man, and, people are sleeping on those dudes because they lost their first three games, and you're like, in uh, weird fashion, all of them were weird. Yeah, and they're going to roll into Ohio State, and they're going to be pissed. They are going to be really riled up because it's a home game. That's going to be I, that one, and honestly, Maryland a little bit. Maryland's showing some life despite some huge upheaval in their coaching. Yeah, right. Um, but Maryland's showing some life, too, and I think people shouldn't you know, sleep on them either. Um, but you know, if Ohio State does, does what they're supposed to do and takes care of things, it should be all right. But yeah, at Purdue, I just think about Purdue Harbor. I think about every single game that uh, has been played in a, just a close situation in the past yeah. you know, five, ten years, and it freaks me out. Yeah, no, it's. I, I think it's valid. I mean, James and I felt the same way. We were like, we're looking at. It, we go, geez, that's the game. That's yeah. the game you look at. And you go, that's the recipe. It's kind of a weird game if it's a noon kick or something like that. Um, you could see yourself sleepwalking through that thing a little bit. Uh, I don't right. think you're going to have a sleepwalk this week against Indiana uh, or next week at noon against Minnesota. I think that's homecoming. Um, and then Nebraska is just in shambles. 
And Michigan State will have your attention because they've taken stuff from you recently and they just don't have the horses for it. I agree with you a little bit on Maryland. They have the potential. Obviously, they beat Texas. They've got quality wins. But again, that's just a program in total upheaval. And by then, Urban usually has his team, you know, clicking on all cylinders by the time you get to that point. Um, And then Michigan, obviously, you're not going to have any trouble getting up for that one. But um, it's not great. (laughs) It's not. I mean, we're. (laughs) We're gonna you're gonna see what Alabama feels like when they you know when they play Texas A and M and they're favored by twenty six. That's what it's gonna be like playing Nebraska. Like we're gonna get that line. It's gonna be thirty one. You go Nebraska thirty one because you remember the brand and you remember all that it once was, and the reality is they're not. And so it's just this is a this is now a stretch of it's gonna be of games that are hard to sell um, for for the next really until Michigan. The rest of the, these are gonna be hard games to sell. Yeah, you're gonna have to find. I mean, again, you'll have to find the things, the matchups, the 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 individual accolades. I think that you can kind of sit on and wait for. I mean, again, if there's a situation where I think Dwayne Haskins can throw for a gajillion yards, I'm gonna you know be paying more attention to that than probably the rest of the game. Or if there's a situation where you know I don't know, I want to see how many sacks the guy can get, and I think there's a favorable matchup on the offensive line you got to find those little things to kind of keep your engagement sometimes, because, you know, if you're looking at something like the Tulane game where the second half was like, I I don't know, like the second half, the second half of the Tulane game, I would say is probably the closest approximation to like actually sitting in a room by yourself and just kind of like, you know, staring at a wall as you could possibly get in a football game. (laughs) There was no entertainment value to be found whatsoever. And that's, and look, and that that will happen, but that's also a kind of schedule smart. And man, October, you know, I want I want the cool matchups in October. I want the fun stuff to happen when fall is at its peak. I don't want to yep. wait until the end of November when everything is kind of dead and gray. Um, yep. As much as I don't mind that for the mission game, that's fine. But you, you want to have, you know, some nice, fun marquee matchups in the best month in Ohio. So. Yeah, I, it's it's gonna be you gotta you gotta reach a little bit. I think in October. Do you think October's the best month in Ohio or September? I I think October. I think October because I hate the heat. Boy, I hope I'm you're right. Actually, super pissed that it's like 80 degrees in Columbus. No, I feel like I've been robbed. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I, I'm because my so favorite late. was September because usually September's like between is like like 75. Yeah, and you get right. some a little bit cooler nights. We got robbed. All it did was rain and suck. That's yeah. all September did was rain and suck. Sunday was yeah. nice. That's it. I'm looking at this schedule for early October and I'm looking at my weather this week and it's like <laughs> 75, 80 every day. I know. That's why I mean, exactly. I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. This is not in the brochure in Ohio. This is why we it's, live here. It's yeah. September, October. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm We're not trying jobbed. to be in Tennessee or North Carolina right now. I'm trying to be in the best month and the best state to be in for this month. And it's just, God, I hope yeah, you're it's right. Crazy. So I want some good football. I want some good weather, and hopefully we get both. Uh, you know, what do you think about Indiana on a four Purdue? o'clock? I don't know. We'll see. What do you think about Indiana on a four o'clock kick? I don't. I don't. I mean, what are you? What are you doing with that? Like, <laughs> who's getting hyped? Who's sitting around tailgating for like eight hours before an Indiana game? I think it's a really hard sell. Oh, I think if it's God. a noon kick, you got a chance. But we're doing everything in the world to to pacify these this Fox television partnership, and Fox right. likes running those three games one after exactly. another after another. Yeah, um, and but it's so just led to gets, disaster. Somebody gets up, okay. Somebody gets up in Columbus at like you know nine or ten in the morning on a football yeah. Saturday. You know, if you get them at noon with an Indiana game, they're like, all right, this is what I got to do today. If you say that you got to wait till four, 
they're looking at their watch. They're thinking about the errands yeah. they got to run. They're like, man, I could just DVR this. I'm not really, I'm not really super hot about heading out to the game on it. That, that is, that is a big ask for, uh, you know, a fall Saturday in Ohio when you, when you're telling people to wait around for four o'clock for Indiana. It, basically, so I don't, I don't it takes away your whole day. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. Like I wouldn't want to sit around for that. That's no, that's, and it's going to be over at eight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. It's go brutal. bad afterwards. Yeah, it's brutal. It's a bad, it's bad. It's a bad job. It's just a bad, bad yeah. job. Um, look, right. Indiana's fine. There's nothing to worry about. There's, I can't sell you on anything, <laughs> folks. If I sell you on it, you're going to call BS. Like they got a nice quarterback yeah. in Peyton Ramsey. He's fine. He's fine. It, they're Indiana. They, they don't have what you have. This, this should feel a lot like those early games that we played Oregon state. I mean, it should feel like that. I mean, it should be 49 to 14 or something like that. I don't think this is, this is going to be Tate Martell on the fifth series again. Like that's the game. This is, is that, I mean, um, they, they, they continue just to be really Indiana Rutgers. Like this is not a team that's, I don't think scaring anybody at this point. So yeah, it's, it's not great. There's no selling it. I'm not going to try. I, I have too much respect <laughs> in the audience, John. I, mean, I got too many, too much damn respect for our audience to try and sell it in something that's not. Um, yeah. And the overriding big picture of it is, is you can rinse and repeat because next week on the show it's going to be. It, you're talking about Minnesota, right? I'm with you on Purdue. I'm, I'm glad I agree with you on that. And then I, Nebraska. I, I, I don't understand. I feel like I thought Scott. For I mean, you think about your Scott Frost, and you can have any job in the country, and you think about life comes at you pretty fast. He decides to go home, and the cupboard is barren. And now right. he's winless and he gets whipped. They get whipped a lot and, and he's winless and he's got to try and build that thing up. And he's got a little bit of momentum in recruiting. Um, but that can go away quickly. If I mean, if you go two and 10, that's hard to recruit to. That's yeah. really hard to recruit to. So that, I mean, it's, this is, it's, this kind of is what it is. The, un, the downfall of Nebraska and then Michigan State just not being as good as we we had hoped. Uh, I'll tell you this, folks. Though you need to root for Michigan the rest of the way. Um, oh yeah, the, the, hell yeah. That game, you need them to be eleven and one uh, or ten and one going into that game and rank eighth in the country. Um, that or Penn State, one of them. You need one of those to win out to to kind of buoy your chances because otherwise you have no margin for error. Of course, you win all your games, you're going to be fine no matter what. But um, yeah, I, I I want that game on November 24th to be one that has a lot of national significance to it. So I hope hopefully Michigan can take care of business. They barely survived this last weekend against Northwestern, down 17 to nothing. It's a Johnny. They, you you do threat level Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote about that. Um, what the hell? I mean, how do they not have an identity offensively? Well, it's insane. Well, so the the crazy thing is, so you're looking at this. I'm looking at the highlights and stuff, like rewatching some stuff, just as if there's something I missed. And I don't. So I based the entire threat level this week on the the idea of Schrodinger's cat, right? You've you've have you heard of this experiment, <laughs> this thought experiment, where a cat can exist in two states at once because you don't really know whether it's good or bad. And in Michigan, in this sense, like I don't, I have no clue. I don't know whether it's a good team or a bad team. All all evidence. <laughs> has shown me nothing to this point. And, you know, what, Northwestern was up 17 to nothing about yeah. two minutes into the second quarter, right? Which, at this point, you know, you, you got to be thinking, like, this is it. Like, forget it. Like, Michigan, this is the end of Michigan season. And then Northwestern just stopped doing anything, which is actually a pretty typical Northwestern thing to do. I don't really <laughs> – I'm not super shocked that they just stopped playing football for, right. you know, the better part of three quarters. 
Uh, and then Michigan kind of lollygagged their way back into the lead, and they got the you know they got the go ahead touchdown. I think with like four minutes left. You're right. Th- their biggest problem is they don't have an identity, and it almost feels like you know they could be an interesting power running team, but they don't necessarily have the running backs to do that. Karen Higdon is fine. Uh, but he had, he had like 115 yards, but it took him like 30 carries to get there. Um, it's just, they seem so disjointed. And and again, they're a very good defensive team in in so many ways, but their offense is just bizarre. And it, it doesn't make sense because you've got a guy like Shea Patterson who can wing it, but you almost, you've got a coaching staff that doesn't feel like they want to actually do that. And it's just, it's really weird. And it doesn't look to me it doesn't feel like they'll ever score more than 35 points in a game like ever and if they do i mean and they may they've got the talent to do that but if they do it feels like a fluke or an accident um more than anything that was planned so it's just they're a bizarre team right now to watch and i've watched pretty much every game this season there was one i wasn't able to to catch but i can't tell you anything about michigan and and how they project towards the end of the year because Again, they could be both bad and good. These two states can exist in the same time in the same team, and it doesn't make sense. And I can't – I'm not going to be able to explain it. Offensively, they remind me a little bit of uh, of the Trestle offenses with Pryor. Yes, yes, that is perfect. Where, yes, like Randomly, you know, like they would start in I formation and they would run it, and then they'd run it up the middle twice with like Boom Heron. And then it would be, you know, third and nine. And all of a sudden they're four wide. And then the next series, they'd come out four wide running read option. And then the next series, they're an eye. Like, I just, yeah. like, I, just go, I just don't know who you are. What are, in the hell are you doing? Like, just play, have an offense for God's sake. Quit calling plays and have an offense. Because yeah. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that this this is where we're at in the Big Ten, folks. This is this has not gone according to plan in the Big Ten in 2018. <laughs> yeah. um, still to come, uh, we will do uh, Ask Us Anythings and Three Things for a Buckeye Win. Before we do that, though, don't forget to follow the 11 Dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, my friend, uh, time for Ask Us Anything as we uh, as we settle in here on a uh, this week. What do you have for us? Oh, we've got all kinds of ask us anything questions. So if you guys like to ask us anything, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very I'm very excited about the crop of uh, questions. I love week. the ask us anything. I do too. And, and I always what? get these. I always get these blind. So I have no idea what you're throwing at me. I, that's in, it's probably obvious in listening. Well, no, I I think you do an excellent job with that. But that is actually an important note for our listeners that I in no way prepare Bo for this. So this is no, like right no off idea. the top of your head, like. I get them. I'll get these, you know, I'm teaching or whatever, and I'll get these while I'm, you know, doing lecture or whatever. And I look at them, I'm like, oh, okay. And I think about them for a little bit. And then I just spring these on you at last second. <laughs> it uh, works. Though. Really like not it. fair on my part, but no, no, know. I like it that I, way. I think it's better. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Well, so this is for you. This is specifically for you. And remember, right. guys, you can ask us anything. Send us an email, dubcast11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. Uh, so he's noticed over the last several weeks that James Laurinaitis films multiple shows for BTN Fox Sports Ohio during the week, uh, <laughs> during the radio show. Uh, yep. Does BTN Fox Sports Ohio have a studio in Columbus, or does he have to travel elsewhere for multiple times a week with Billy's commitments? And you have several commitments. Yes. What is what is the schedule like? Well, how, how in the hell are we happen? doing this? Well, yeah, we have exactly. Do you remember the helicopter and Airwolf? I, I take that <laughs> back and forth. Yes. Uh, you know, in between. And that allows me to get from Columbus to Cleveland to, to do, you know, my <laughs> show, which I adore on 97.1, the fan with, with James Laurinaitis. And then at one o'clock I do a show uh, called Cleveland Browns daily on, on ESPN uh, 850 out of Cleveland. So 
Uh, I split in between. So half the time I'm in Columbus, half the time I'm in Cleveland uh, doing that show. Uh, through the magic of technology now, we're at a point in, in where we can do these things, where the technology is good enough that you can be not be in the same room with somebody and you can do a show as if you are. Um, and so the, the this was something that we we tested a lot to make sure it would work. And we felt that there was a good enough chemistry between James and I that we could do it. On his end, it's even crazier um, because he's always on the road Thursday and Friday to call a game. So I don't see him Thursday or Friday of most weeks. And then right. he's always in Chicago for Big Ten on Monday. That's nuts. So I don't see him there. So his schedule is even crazier than mine. Um, and it works. I mean, we've both, everybody seems to be happy with the way that it's going, but, um, this is only possible because we work for great companies, um, in, in 97.1, the fan in Columbus and, and ESPN Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns up in Cleveland. And then because James and I really like each other and really get along and have a real natural chemistry to it, that it's not, it, it, it would be hard if we didn't get along really well. And we weren't friends. Right. It would be really, really hard because you'd need to do that. But it's much like what you and I do here. Like, we've never done this in the same room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all. I mean, yeah, I'm always down here in CBUS. And then, you know, yeah. you're, you're up in Cleveland. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's interesting because, again, you guys really have a good chemistry. And I think some people are befuddled that you're everywhere and nobody, yeah. like, it's one of those things like, how can you be live on my radio and on television at the same time? It doesn't make right. sense. Right. I forget about uh, all that stuff I got going on too. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. Right. I was told this week, I guess I did, I had to pinch hit on some Browns television stuff this nice. week. And I got a bunch of, a bunch of stuff that I was um, on channel 10 again. And people were like, it was like, I was coming on like after wall to wall sports, <laughs> which is just a show I hosted for like 10 years. And they're like, it was like late, like, midnight and they're like what the hell you show up on channel 10 on a midnight on a saturday night that's hilarious they're just losing yeah. their mind like this isn't they right are. this isn't right this no. doesn't make sense. yeah it's wild um all right next one here is from our good friend alvin he wants to know uh how would the penn state game have changed if we had a healthy little bear well a lot i mean it would have made a, it's a he was he's a top five player in all of college football so yeah um, I, you know, yeah, it would have I been think- much harder for McSorley. He still would. I still think he would have had, he probably would have had 460. Um, no. but they left a lot of plays on the field too. I mean, they had a lot of points on the board. I think it still would have been a classic. I think it just would have looked differently. Um, but I think, you know, both chase and Nick would have had big games, but he, all his stuff was stepping up. You know, most it wasn't much that was running to the to the outside. Most of it was pressure would come up, and he had an incredible ability to just step up, like pass the pressure, and then take yeah. off. And then he that was where most of the yards came. Right, he wasn't going laterally until he was yeah, up right. by the linebackers. Like he was just ste- you're right. He was stepping up. He was he was scrambling, and then he was taking what the you know the safeties and the linebackers were giving him, which often was a lot. Um, I don't think it would have been a whole lot different. I, I think you know you would have set the edge a little bit better, I guess. But frankly. I- the way that we're called, like, I, I hate doing this and it makes me feel like such a terrible, you know, commentator on football, but the lack of holding calls drove me insane. Oh, it's pretty Chase bad. Young, and I know, I know this is the, the most common complaint and everybody talks about it, but Chase Young was being held on literally every play. And I can't believe he wasn't getting more calls on that because he was annihilating their front yes. uh, offensive line and he got nothing out of it and it just nothing. i mean again he didn't get nothing he obviously had a great game he had you know yeah but no holdings i don't stuff. think i don't think a holding call was called 
Yeah, I don't him. think so either. And, and he was just, again, I know some of that is just part of, you know, the game. But when you've got to look at that, you've got to see that and say, clearly there is a guy getting horse collared to prevent a sack. That's probably not legal in the sport of football. And it just, it drove me nuts to watch it. So, you know, maybe he was negated. He would have been negated by the refs. I don't know. But um, you're right. I, I think, you know, I think McSorley still would have gotten his yards, but I also don't think that Penn State would have had as many points because you would have had a guy that probably would have been in the backfield, you know, at least two or three times getting sacks. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you can play what if forever. And we talked about this last week, me and uh, Andy. Um, I don't, man, I don't know how you feel about this, Bo. And, and again, a lot of yeah. it does depend on, you know, what Ohio State looks like at the end of the year if they, you know, college football playoff bound. We may, have, you know, if they lose another game, we may have seen the last of Nick Bosa, in my opinion, in Ohio State uniform. Um, if they're, yeah, if they're headed him. for the playoffs, I don't, I think yeah. he'll do anything to come back. But barring that, I, I think he could be done. Well, I don't blame him. No. I mean, even if, even if he was like 90%, I don't blame him. I mean, his, he, he is, he's a $50 million human being. Right. Yeah. Why would you put that at risk? You know, you can't put like, that at risk. So, yeah. Um, if I wouldn't blame him. I think it's a good point. Yeah. If Ohio State's looking at the playoffs, you got to do it. But, if, you know, if not, I mean, protect your body. Take yeah, your. Because that's legacy stuff. And he, his brother knows that. You win a national championship, it's, you know, that's something else. But, right. I mean, you don't, you can't have what happened to Jalen Smith. You exactly. Know? Exactly. You can't have that. Uh, next one here. This one's from Andrew. He, I really enjoyed this question, by the way. Right. He says, hi guys, because I watched last Saturday's game in Japan during a typhoon, I wanted to ask wow. what are the most unusual circumstances you've watched an Ohio state game? In? Um, well, let me think what year this would have been. 2013. Let me make sure I'm right here. 2000, the 2013 Penn State game in Columbus, I got a call in the second quarter. It was a night game. I got a call in the second quarter that my wife was going into labor. Like, wow, <laughs> six weeks early. That's crazy. So, like, crazy labor. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and I remember race. I remember racing to the, and I remember watching on like, uh, it was right there at, uh, well, both my, my two oldest boys were born right there on right, right across from Ohio state, not Ohio state, but the other one that's right across, um, and, uh, Riverside. And yeah. I could look out the hospital room window and see the stadium, obviously. And I remember watching on like a screen that was like a 12 inch screen, the rest of the game <laughs> so that and kind of paying attention and kind of trying to hope everyone was going to make it. Right. So that was pretty crazy. Oh, That's it all worked out, but I mean, that was pretty crazy. That is crazy. Um, I am actually really glad that Andrew said that he was in Japan. I'm, I'm glad that he's okay. I'm glad he's doing all right uh, in Japan through the typhoon. I have also lived in Japan, and I also yeah. watched Ohio State football while I was living in Japan. I had to get up around 3 o'clock in the morning, and luckily I was living in the same city as a another Ohio State football fan, actually from Dublin, so just you know, near, near everywhere, man. Yeah, and so I went over and and we hung out and we watched Ohio State football at 3 a.m. on a bootleg stream that I, you know, on a website that was probably stealing all my credit card info. And it was it was really kick ass. It was really sweet. The other thing that I would say is that I watched the 2002 National Championship 
on the way back from a swim meet that I was in. The swim meet literally was ending at like nine o'clock at night. And I think How it was at Miami, Oxford. And say again? How did you do that? You watched it on the way back. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a, like one of those portable TVs. It was an antenna Oh, that's TV. right. Yeah, it was a four the by six inch TV. screen. Yeah. And I was, and we were driving back. We were on the school bus. We were driving back from uh, Miami, Oxford. That's and right. going back to Middletown. And there were like, the entire team was just huddled around me while we watched the national championship game on this crappy little antenna tv and it was one of the greatest moments because it was amazing like we were all living and dying on this little you know like five yeah. square screen Pinted screen <laughs> yeah it was awesome it was really awesome. i and remember we were, like, those we were, like praying yeah. the batteries don't run out because i only had like three extra batteries and it was yeah you know, it was ridiculous those were pretty mind-blowing the portable tvs yeah that's a those are yeah. a big deal yeah it's a nice it job a out of you it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it and yeah. I, I you know i obviously came prepared i wasn't gonna you know go to that meet without one so uh, yeah, I, I I was ready several weeks in advance for that particular one. <laughs> um, but that's ask us anything, guys. Please continue sending those in; those are great. And uh, yeah, that was those some good questions this week. Yeah, that was, and uh, that, I'm glad that we got the one about the about our about our show as well because I get that you know that happens a lot. We're yeah. and it, there's a lot going on. That's a right. lot of moving parts, um, but it all seems to work. All right, three things. Let's we're not for a Buckeye win. They're going to win. So let's just things that you're looking for. Um, you know, number one for me, I would like to see a little bit of rotation at the, at the linebacker core and see if there's maybe somebody younger who hasn't been playing much that maybe could flash and yeah. be a little better in space because it's not going to hurt us against Indiana or Minnesota or, you know, the games after that. But if, if you are in the college football playoff and you're playing, let's say you're playing Kyler Murray in Oklahoma. You're going to need to have somebody who can run and and get yeah. that kid down. Yeah. And and um, the, I I just think it's something to be really concerned about down the road. And again, we're not. Ju- I'm not judging Ohio State how they play against you know for the next month and a half. I'm judging them against Clemson, against Alabama, against Oklahoma, against Georgia. Yeah. And and Pete Warner. I mean, Pete Warner did a I think a, a decent job. Um, yeah, he does in. a nice job. But I yeah, they just don't have enough speed there. Right. Exactly. Uh, my first thing would be reestablishing the running game. I think you have to get. Dobbins and Weber going uh you've seen some diminishing returns in terms of the running game overall the past several games and they got I want them I want them to have a big game I want to see a guy run for 150 uh you know just do something really good on a consistent basis to get them back into the rhythm yeah I I that's a great point I we haven't really seen that yet we haven't we've seen a couple flashes but I'd love to see that a, a 180 yard game out of one of those guys I think that's a great point from you uh number two for me I think I think for Dwayne and I think for the coaches, I think there just needs to be over the next month, there needs to be a familiarity of and really taking advantage of what you, it's so tempting because he's so talented and, and, and Ohio State is more talented than who they're playing by such a wide margin all the time. It's so tempting to just let him sling it around. Um, but I would prefer them find things that that he really thrives at. So when we get in a tough spot against a great team that's of, of equal talent, we have some things that we can rely on because I didn't feel like we had that until it was damn near too late against Penn State. Um, yeah. It's kind of like when you're on Xbox and if, if you're playing on Xbox or PlayStation and you just and you have a, a, a quarterback and a receiver, like back in the old days when I used to play and it was like Tom Brady, the one year he had Randy Moss, like you just throw it up <laughs> deep every time he went and got it. Like right. you can't just do that because you can. Like sometimes you need to do work on some other things that will help you down the road. So I hope that they right. do that over the next next few games because obviously if they want to, Dwayne can throw it forty five times, complete thirty eight for four hundred and twenty five yards. It's not going to be hard. Um, so they, but I think they're they they have to keep their eye on the on the big prize. 
I would agree with that. My my second thing though, I you know, I don't know if this is an opposition to what you said, but I really do want them to work on the downfield passing game a little bit. I, I think we've established that Dwayne can hit medium to short passes. I, I want them to develop a downfield threat that makes them a little bit more complete. Think, uh, don't you think that's mostly about the receiver position? Like I would I think agree. He's yeah, no, you're right about that. Throw. And that's not on you're right. That is yeah. not entirely on Dwayne. Um, that is about the receivers, you know, developing that skill set. That is one hundred percent true. I agree with that. Um, but I want to see it. I want to see it. I yeah. want to see them able to do that because that's going to stretch the defense and that's going to give, you know, guys like Dobbins and Weber, uh, you know, more room to breathe instead of having guys just crowd the line of scrimmage every game. So, you know, I, I just, I want to see just more diversity in the passing attack. Finally, I think for this game and for the, for the next few games, I think, you know, let's be Bama. Let's do what they do. <laughs> like let's, right. let's strangle life out of games. Do you know that uh, Tua Tunga Vailoa, which is correct pronunciation, just took me a second yes. to say it out loud and think through it, um, that he has not played in the fourth quarter yet <laughs> this season. That's not, he's only that's thrown a ridiculous stat, but it's not surprising at all. Like that's yeah, the least. He's only thrown like yeah, he's only thrown like eight passes in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, so I'm let's do what they do. The let's quarter. be the Bama of the Big Ten and let's be up forty-two to seven at half, and then yeah. just chill. Um, yeah. That that's let's treat Indiana that way and Minnesota that way. And away we go. Uh, let's look the part. Let's not have the games be more interesting than they need to be against teams that frankly shouldn't be on the field with us. I agree. Yeah. I would say my third thing, let's make first half Dwayne second half Tate and, and just be done with it. And that's fine. Yeah. And you could have two games. You can even right. treat it like two different games. You could say like yeah. hit the reset button at halftime be like, all right, second game start. And then Tate comes in. Yep. It's a totally different offense and you can feel fun. You, you, that's the way you enjoy the game. You pretend that it's a two for one deal and you've got one like high powered passing offense and you've got kind of a throwback JT offense in the second half. And you know, that's enjoyment, fun. Yes, there you go. That's that's how you enjoy the Indiana game. I'm with you. Two yeah. for one deal. That's it. I like that. Two for ones. That's how you got to do these things. Almost, yeah. Right. Treat. T- see how Tate does in his game. That's what, right. like you, you almost exactly. like you have two, like two kids, one playing at eleven and one playing at noon. Let's see how old boy does and see how young boy does. Almost two different. There games. you go. That's not there a bad way. Um, all right, my friend. Good stuff out of you. We will be back next week to break down what you know should be a formality, a, a Buckeye beatdown over Indiana. But as you know, with this team, things just do crop up, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way right here on the Dubcast. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yep, talk to you next week.